this morning's message is called Moving Mountains. Moving Mountains. Um, it's not not a song by a specific R&B singer. Um, for those of you who may be thinking that, uh, it's okay. This is a safe place. You are forgiven in Jesus' name. <laughs> um, church is a place where we can laugh um, and where we don't have to take ourselves too seriously as well. Amen. Um, it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. You know, if we stand in gloomy and down all the time, um, where are we drawing strength from? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Um, so no matter what I'm going through, you should you actually shouldn't be able to tell. You actually shouldn't be able to tell. I should need to inform you that actually, guys, it's been a bit rough this week. Right? Because I should literally be living off of tapping into the joy of the Lord. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Those were all freebies. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's move some mountains. Amen. You know me. My introduction is straight into the scriptures. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, this is obviously the King James Version, Assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say, you will speak, you will declare, you will proclaim to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. The reason why I specifically chose the King James Version, and it's the new King James, so um, I afforded myself that luxury at least. But what I found is some of the other translations didn't quite get it completely accurately on point. So, for example, some of the other translations will say, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. Now, one of the characteristics of a mustard seed, seed is its size. But that's not the only characteristic. And so what the scripture is actually saying to us is, if we have faith like a mustard seed. In other words, not just small faith. Because if, if, if I say to you, if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, a mustard seed is small, if you're going to say, okay, Stuart, so I need small faith. Right? You're going to draw that conclusion. But a mustard seed has, has got many, many qualities. We're going to go through those. Um, and the scripture says you, we ought to have faith like a mustard seed. Faith as a mustard seed is. So we need to look at our faith mimicking the qualities that a mustard seed actually has. Because if we can do that, if we can align our faith with the qualities that a mustard seed has then according to scripture we'll be able to say to this mountain move from here to there be cast into the sea and and that will happen and nothing will be impossible for us to do that's powerful so before we look at the mustard seed let's look at the characteristics of a mountain some interesting trivia some of you will find it fascinating some of you will be like let's let let's just get 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 to the get to the actual scripture but fascinating because it's important for us to compare a mountain a typical mountain with a mustard seed because they're both being referred to in the scripture and in fact if i look at that scripture what that scripture is actually telling me is the one can superimpose itself upon the other so if I have faith like a mustard seed, I'm able to superimpose the location of the mountain and say, be moved from here to there. So let's look at a mountain. 
mountains by nature are huge in size wow thank you Stuart that's quite obvious thank you for stating the obvious they are often seen as something that's in the way of where one is actually going usually usually I'm generalizing but usually a mountain is seen as something that's in the way of where you're actually trying to get to mountains can also have a positive connotation being something to be conquered being something that you exercise dominion over and take possession of Mount if Mount Everest as you may or may not know is the world's highest mountain its peak is 8848 meters above sea level that means when you stand at the ocean there by Ushaka marine world and you look up 8848 meters that way that's how tall or that's how high Mount Everest is making it well over eight times taller than the second highest mountain which is the which is the which is a mountain in Wales so Everest tips the scale at a whopping 357 trillion pounds 357 trillion pounds that's not small turn to your neighbor and say that's not small yet if I look at that verse of scripture no matter the size of the mountain even a Mount Everest like mountain that weighs 357 trillion pounds no matter the size of the mountain that I'm facing or dealing with right now or even in the future it can be removed because God is bigger than that mountain in other words the mountains in your life are not to control you but by the power of God you exercise control and dominion and authority over those mountains mountains can manifest as difficulties you know what 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 am I talking about now what are these mountains in our lives what are these things that potentially are mountains in our lives they can manifest in many different ways they can manifest as difficulties that we're going through a mountain in, in your life can be your own self-reliance you're so independent you've been so independent for so many years you've lived on your own for so long when it, when it was time for you to, to go to varsity you didn't even want to stay at home like me you wanted to live on res like me even though the varsity you were attending was in your actual hometown you were so independent like me you were so self-reliant that you that you wanted to do it all by yourself self-reliance can be a mountain setbacks stumbling blocks troubles and burdens hardship defeat fear the scripture says God has not given us a spirit of fear but of love and of power and of a sound mind fear can be a mountain uncontrolled anger and bitterness better a man who can control his own temper his own anger than one who can take captive an entire city so anger uncontrolled anger and bitterness can be a mountain discouragement or disappointments failure or even the fear of failure can be a mountain sickness I found that out this week for sure sickness sickness can be a mountain my own disobedience my disobedience in my own life when God says go here and I say no I've got a better plan I've got a plan B I've got a plan C my own disobedience 
The scripture says obedience is better than sacrifice. My own disobedience can be a mountain. And many other crises that can occur in our lives. And so the list goes on and on and on. You see where I'm going. A mountain can be so many different things in your life. The mountains that Jesus Christ was talking about in the scripture can be anything that stops your progress and growth and your walk within, within the body of Christ. Anything that stops you from coming to church, anything that stops you from joining the church, anything that stops you from worshiping the Lord and anything that stops you from serving the Lord. There was a call that went out a couple of weeks ago for people to come forward and volunteer and serve in the house of the Lord. Maybe quite possibly you heard a lie from the enemy as the call went out from the Lord. Simultaneously, you, you heard a lie from the enemy saying, you're not ready, not now, you don't have the time. Whatever's stopping you from serving the Lord, whatever's stopping you from serving in the house of the Lord, that can be a mountain to you. Anything that keeps you stagnant or that has you going backwards, in other words, regressing, and keeps you from moving forward in the Lord Jesus Christ and fulfilling your potential, the plans and the purposes that he has for your life can be a mountain. Anything that keeps families from having peace and love ruling in their homes, anything that keeps husbands and wives from loving each other and children from respecting and honoring their parents, both spiritual and biological alike. Any of these things can be mountains. Anything that keeps a child from doing well in school. Anything that stops you from being promoted in your workplace can be a mountain. Are you with me this morning? So what are the characteristics of the mustard seed? Because if, if that's the list, and if that list is a list that can't be exhausted, if it's a list with no end of potential mountains, then right now I really want to know, what do I need to do to have faith like a mustard seed? What are the characteristics of a mustard seed? Well, let's start again, once again, with the obvious. Mustard seeds are those small round seeds. For those of you who don't cook with mustard seeds, I know I don't. I never ever have. But mustard seeds are the small round seeds from various mustard plants. The seeds are usually about one to two millimeters, one to two millimeters in diameter. And they could either be yellowish, white, or black. The size of a mustard seed, and I said this already, is only one of its characteristics and not necessarily the most important one. The mustard seed is a fast growing plant. It's a fast growing plant. It grows up to 10 to 12 feet tall in only a few months. So from being at the stage where it's about 1 to 2 millimeters in diameter, a mustard seed within just a few months can grow up to 12 feet tall. It was the smallest seed that the Jewish people planted in their gardens and that's why it was called the smallest of seeds. Yet it became and has the ability to become the largest plant in the garden when it's reached its full potential. The mustard seed is a striking example of the potential that a seed has. Although it starts out small and insignificant, a mere two millimeters in diameter, 
it quickly grows into something great that has the potential to bless those around it. Now let's consider some things about seeds other than how small they are. A seed does nothing until it is planted. Jesus indicates to us that our faith is planted by us speaking. This morning when I was landing worship, I was making some declarations. I was speaking, I was saying some things. The scripture says, if we have faith like a mustard seed, we will say to the mountain. We will speak to the mountain. We will declare, we will proclaim to the mountain. So there's a speaking that happens. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say. So to have mustard seed faith, we've got to have something to say. You can't walk around saying, as a, as a believer, as a child of God, that, that I've got mustard seed faith. Mustard seed like faith, but I've got nothing to say. Brother, sister, won't you just come up and just share a testimony of God's goodness in your life? No, that's fine. I've got nothing to say. Won't you just exhort us and just lift us up within a girl group setting? That's, uh, no, uh, that's not me, uh, Pastor Stuart. I'm the shy type. I don't have anything to say. You must have something to say. You must have something to declare. You must have something to proclaim. And here's the best tip that I'll give you throughout the course of this message. Saying what God has to say or saying what God says in his word is your best option. If you don't know what to say and you feel like you don't have anything to say, say what God says. Jesus says, I only say what I hear the Father in heaven say. I only do what I see the Father in heaven do. Mimic Jesus. But you've got to have something to say. Amen. A seed can even push aside rocks or other obstacles. But it does not do so instantaneously. Okay. So I'm sure all of us, probably most of us, have got some sort of plants growing at home. I've got plants that I never even, you know, I had no involvement in their arrival there, but they arrived. Um, the, you know, they're there. But if I look at those plants, if you look at those plants, they have what's called, I think it's called a slow motion camera uh, or a time sensitive camera. Um, I'm probably using the wrong word, but you know what it is, right? Usually on National Geographic, you know, as the clouds are going by, you see the little plants and then it grows and you see it opening up and then, and then the shoot comes up and then you see it opening up, right? You, you, you guys have seen that before, right? So you see the time lapse. What's happening over the course of a few months is recorded, 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 and played forward very, very fast. Again, I'm probably using the, the wrong terminology. But you're able to see what's happening over a protracted period of time. You're able to see it in a much shorter period of time. But there's stuff happening. When you look at that plant, when I go tomorrow morning, or when I go this afternoon, and I look at any particular plant in my garden, I'm not going to look at the plant and say, Yo, love, come here. Can you see how this plant just moved that rock? It's not going to happen, guys. Yet it's happening. It's not going to happen. I'm not, I'm, I, there's no way. I can't see it happening. But actually, it's happening. Over a period of time, the roots of that seed, 
that plants is actually pushing aside moving aside plants sorry rocks probably other plants as well actually just reminded so back home uh, we have we the last house on the property uh, on the street right so after our house there's no more other houses right after our house there's an open field usually where people dump their dirt um, and the municipality has to come clean it up and then there's the main road right so I'm talking about back home PMB Peter Mattersburg so our our home my home back home is the last home on the street and because of that obviously long before we ever got there the municipality planted a, a row of trees along along next next to the end of our house you get what I'm saying right so there's a row of massive trees shadowing our house and what actually happened over over years literally over years and years and years and years is literally our strong hard tough cement driveway was literally broken up into pieces because of the roots from those trees that were growing underneath the driveway underneath the foundation of the house literally something as strong as cement was shattered by a plant by the roots of a plant that was slowly but surely over time persistently relentlessly pushing and pressing until that cement driveway it was absolutely non-functional that's what happens that's the quality that a seed has it pushes aside rocks and obstacles it's able to move hindrances not by an explosive burst of energy but by a relentless expansion of growth continually pushing outward and upward I'm here to say to you and I this morning you're not most likely in most instances in most instances the mountains and the challenges that you face in your life are not going to be overcome are not going to be shattered are not going to be conquered in a moment in an instant God does that sometimes oftentimes he'll deliver someone instantly oftentimes he'll rescue someone instantly but most of the time usually it's because your faith doesn't wane because your faith doesn't grow tired because it's relentless it's continuous it's consistent the scripture says don't tire of doing good it's not about how you start it's about how you finish again tying in with what I was ministering last week this is not a sprint it's a marathon Lord that we would grow in faith and grow in stature and in favor with you and with man continuously relentlessly so that you so that in you we would be able to continuously and relentlessly push aside any and all obstacles in our way that's how we're going to move our mountains as a seed becomes a plant it continues to draw nutrients from its source and thus continue to grow continues to grow bigger and stronger forcing hindrances out of its way do you see yourself in this example because you know who your source is because you know that Jesus is your source because you know the Lord of hosts is your source you continue to draw nourishment and nutrients from your source from the Lord and you continue to grow bigger and stronger once you are drinking milk once you are feeding off of the 
of the milk things in his word and in his scripture but now you're eating the meat now you're tackling and taking on the tougher things you're becoming bigger you're becoming stronger you're able to push aside those hindrances and those obstacles not because of yourself but because you continue to stay connected to your source no seed is ever affected by what other seeds are doing just think about that no seed wakes up one morning and says okay guys i've had it with you guys i'm the only one doing the growing i'm the only one sourcing the nutrients i'm going on strike i'm going on a go slow speak to my union i'm done guys speak to my union i'm done that's it for me i'm done no seed is ever influenced by what the other seeds are doing you can't be on some inside of your own feelings saying you know what because i use myself as as an example because of brother stewart i'm throwing in the towel guys no 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 no. i've had it now did you see he didn't even greet me hey did you see yeah pastor so and so there's no seed that stops doing what it's doing because of what the other seeds are or are not doing you're not going to get the victory over your mountain by looking at what the other seeds are or are not doing guys a seed is persistent it never gives up literally only death will stop it from growing and working to produce its fruit and this may be the most important characteristic of a mustard seed literally it never gives up literally it never gives up to move some of the mountains in our lives we are going to have to decide we're going to have to have that conversation with ourselves and with the lord and say lord no matter what the obstacle no matter what the challenge no matter what you send me to do no matter whether i think i've got the ability or not no matter whether i think i've got the resource or not no matter whether i think i'm fit and proper or not lord no matter the situation or the circumstance i'm making a decision that just like a mustard seed i will never give up i will never give up i'll be relentless i'll hold on to you i won't let go of you until you bless me So there are different ways to deal with mountains and from the accounts that we see in the bible we can learn lots of do's and don'ts when it comes to dealing with and conquering mountains the best way to learn is to learn from those who've gone before us amen if i can save myself bruising my knees or injuring myself by simply looking at what someone else has gone through and learning from that then i'd rather go that way amen so the first don't don't try to remove your mountain in your own strength your own wisdom your own resources or your own abilities do not try to remove your mountain in your own strength in your own wisdom or in your own abilities or resources we all know the story of the woman with the issue of blood mark chapter 5 sorry the account mark chapter 5 verse 25 a woman in the crowd had suffered from a hemorrhage hemorrhaging of blood for 12 years that's an awful long time to deal with a mountain 
that's an awful long time to have to deal with a mountain and had endured much suffering at the hands of many physicians so she tried in her own strength doing doing essentially what she knew to do right if you seek what do you do you go to the doctor right so she'd been to see not just one doctor not just one physician she'd suffered and endured much suffering at the hands of many different physicians i tend to believe this woman was a woman of 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 resources of financial resources because it couldn't have been that you could just continue to see any physician without any payment without any cost being incurred to you she had spent all that she had so she'd gone from a position of having it all having probably being a, a a woman of many means and she'd spent everything that she had trying to trying to overcome this mountain trying to get healing trying to get relief so she'd come to the end of her rope again leveraging off of last week's message she'd literally reached the end, end of herself financially she had no more money she tried everything else she tried multiple physicians and still she was suffering so one of the one of the don'ts is please don't try everything else first and then come to Jesus you can i'm not saying you can't it's an option for you but my advice to you is that that's probably not the best option because when you've come to the end of yourself when you've tried and exhausted every other option and you and you still find this mountain staring at you square in the face that would have been a very long and a very hard 12 years for you to then finally wake up as a brother or sister sitting in these pews and say hmm maybe i should try jesus from the very same passage of scripture fortunately thankfully there's also some do's there's also some things that we can learn from the very same account on my list of do's do allow your faith to cause you to push through any obstacle again the quality of a mustard seed that ability to push through any obstacle or even any protocol of the day this woman was living in a time where you couldn't just come up to any man and just start trying to just touch him it's the type of thing that you literally get stoned for so the protocol of the day surely would not have allowed her to do what she was about to do we know the story we know what she did but she stood there and she said you know what regardless of the protocol of the day no matter what society thinks i should or shouldn't be doing there's no way after 12 years of suffering knowing that jesus is in town knowing that jesus is in my midst there's no way that i'm going to allow what people think around me to stop me from touching the hem of his garment i'm going to go against what society says is acceptable to get my breakthrough to get my healing to move my mountain do have faith in god and not in man i love doctors i've known many people who are doctors 
We have doctors in our Pretoria East Church. I'm sure we have doctors here as well. Amen. But they do get it wrong. Again, leveraging off of the week that I've just had, they diagnosed my boy with something specific. He didn't have that. They treated him for something specific. They were treating him for the wrong thing. Wonderful doctor. Lovely lady. If I meet her in the mall somewhere, I'll probably buy her a croissant. Wonderful woman, but she got it wrong. She got it wrong, not because she's a bad doctor, but she got it wrong because she's human. She saw the available evidence and she made a judgment call. They sent him for x-rays. She saw what the x-rays showed her and she made a call and she made the wrong call. Do have faith in God and not in man. You lean on the arm of flesh and the arm of flesh will surely fail you. So again, from the same account, there are some do's. Verse 27. She had heard reports about Jesus and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his outer robe or the hem of his garment. For she thought that if I can just touch his clothing, I will get well. Immediately her flow of blood was dried up and she felt in her body and knew without any doubt what a wonderful position to be in. That she was healed of her suffering. Her mountain was gone. Immediately Jesus recognizing in himself that power had gone out from him turns around in the crowd and asks, who touched my clothes? His disciples then said to him, I think quite cheekily, can't you see the crowd pressing in around you from all sides and you're asking, who touched me? But still, Jesus kept looking around to see the woman who had done it. And the woman, though she was afraid and trembling, remember, this is not something that was acceptable for her to do as a female in that time. So she was afraid and trembling because now it was definitely absolutely going to be all eyes on her. But even though she was trembling, aware of what had happened to her, she comes forward and she falls down before Jesus and she tells him the whole truth. Then Jesus says to her, daughter, your faith, your mustard seed faith, you're pushing through the crowds faith, your relentless unwavering faith, daughter your mustard seed like faith your personal trust and confidence in me has restored you to health go in peace and be permanently healed from your suffering in other words mountain gone her faith in jesus caused her to take action her faith caused her just like a mustard seed to push through the crowd and touch the hem of Jesus' garment in order to receive a healing and in order to break through to the other side of the mountain she had been trying to conquer for the past 12 years. After 12 years of suffering in one moment, Jesus delivered her from her mountain and she was instantly healed. Her account actually encompasses both the long process of doing things her own way and, and in her own strength and with her own money and her own resources and leaning and relying on the arm of flesh for 12 years and coming up short and simultaneously it shows us how our faith in God our mustard seed like faith in God can cause our mountain to be instantly removed 
in one moment of us acting on our faith. It's one thing to have faith. It's another thing to act on your faith. The scripture says faith without works is dead. So you can have all the faith in the world that you want. You can stand in front of me and tell me, Pastor B, God spoke to me. What did he say, my brother? Pastor B, he gave me the lot of numbers. Did he really now, my brother? Yes, he did, Pastor B. I've got faith. How big is your faith, brother? It's big, Pastor. I've got great faith. I'm like that centurion. Okay, great. And then, no, I just wanted to let you know, Pastor. If the national lottery is 200 and odd million rand, and you have faith, and you believe that God has given you the lotto numbers, and you do nothing with the numbers that God has given you, then your faith without works is Now, I'm not saying go play the lotto. Mark 11, 22. Jesus replied, have faith in God constantly. Mustard seed-like faith is having faith in God constantly. Mustard seed faith is not seasonal. It believes always. It hopes always. It's relentless in its belief. Not in itself, but in God. It's, it is always declaring the year of the Lord's favor. Not just sometimes, but always. Have faith in God constantly. Let's look at another don't. Don't try to avoid the mountain that's been set before you. Don't allow disobedience to manifest as yet another mountain in your life. So don't try to avoid the mountain that's been set before you. And also don't allow disobedience to manifest as yet another mountain in your life. Mountains are there to be conquered, not avoided. Mountains are there to be conquered, not to be avoided. We all know the story of Jonah and his disobedience. Jonah chapter 1 verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of that guy, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that that was his first mountain. I mean, I actually kind of sympathize with Jonah at this point in time. Because if I look at the wording in the scripture, first of all, it, it, it wasn't God sending him to some small little town somewhere that nobody knew about. Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city. This is your assignment. This is your mountain. This is the daunting task facing you. You, Jonah. You. And cry out against it. So now, you're going to be there in the middle of New York City in today's, in today's day and age. You'll be there in the middle of New York City crying out against it. This is his assignment. To me, this is mountain number one. For their wickedness has come up before me. So I, I kind of I I empathize with, with, with Jonah. I, I kind of understand why he had to do the fish thing. You know what I mean? I mean, this is, this is it's not a small thing that God's 
putting before him. But you know what he's missed? You know what he's missed? He's missed the part that said, and the Lord came to Jonah. He's missed out on the fact that the instruction is coming from the Lord himself. He's missed out on the fact of literally it's his source saying to him, go do this. In other words, wherever I lead you and wherever I guide you, I'm going to provide for you. I am your source. I won't send you somewhere where you're not able to to do what I need you to do. And so because of that, Jonah allows or tries to avoid the mountain that's been that's been set before him. He tries to avoid going to Nineveh. But Jonah verse 3 But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I don't think that's even possible. If I I make my, my bed in the deepest of depths, Lord, you are still there. Where can I hide? Where can I run from your presence? He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare. You know what? Whenever you're disobedient, it really costs you, eh? Now he's paying for the he's paying for a taxi that he didn't need to be paying for in the first place. So he has to now pay the fare to get to Tarshis. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You it always ends up costing you something that it didn't have to cost you because of your disobedience. So he paid the fare and went down into the ship, right, to go with them to Tarshish, again from the presence of the Lord. Reminds me kind of, of of Adam and Eve in the garden. When they had eaten the apple and they realized that they were naked. And they realized that they had sinned and disobeyed God. And gone against these instructions. They tried to hide themselves. As if you can hide from the Lord. As if you can hide from his presence. So what can we learn from this? Don't try to avoid the mountain that's set before you. And don't allow disobedience to manifest as yet another mountain in your life. Mountains are there to be conquered, not avoided. The next don't. Don't go around the same mountain again and again and again and again. I can, I can hear the, the voice of my mother. Obviously not now. I mean, when, when, I was, when I was quite a bit smaller. I'd, I'd come home from school and literally from the time I land, I, all the things that I know that I should be doing, taking off my school shoes, taking off my socks, washing my socks, changing out of my uniform into my, into my playing clothes, right? Um, making sure that I unpack my bag, taking my lunchbox and putting it in the sink. All the things that my mother told me to do. Literally, as soon as I land home, everything goes out the window. I forget everything that I've been told. And then after a shift as a nurse, she arrives home, tired and exhausted. And she sees me in my full school uniform. And I can hear her words ringing loud and true. How many times, Stuart? How many times must I say the same thing? How many times must we go around this mount, the same mountain again and again and again? Take off your school shoes. Put your socks away. Put your lunchbox away. Why do I keep singing the same song? 
I'm 30 something years old but a lot of the time I kind of feel like God is having that same conversation with me Stuart why do we have to keep going around the same mountain again and again and again Exodus 16 verse 35 the Israelites ate manna for 40 years until they reached an, in, an inhabited land they ate the manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan Joshua 5 and verse 6 for the Israelites walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation that is the men of war who came out of Egypt died why did this happen why did they walk for 40 years in the wilderness until some of the people who were with them actually died some of the people who came out of Egypt who were rescued out of Egypt actually died why why did this happen because they did not listen to the voice of the Lord to them the Lord had sworn an oath that he would not let them see the land which he had promised to their fathers to give us a land of abundance flowing with milk and honey it wasn't literally a mountain that they walked around for 40 years but it might as well have been because they kept walking around that desert around and around around and around they kept walking in that wilderness around and around again and again for 40 years until people who were with them died and never got to see the promised land all because they did not listen to the voice of the Lord let's look at some do's do face your mountain head on do have faith that God will give you your mountain as your promised inheritance do have faith that God will be with you have the faith of Caleb so do face your mountain head on do have faith that God will give you your mountain as your promised inheritance and do have faith that God will be with you Joshua chapter 14 verse 7 to verse 14 I was 40 years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart nevertheless my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt but I but I wholly followed the Lord my God so Moses swore on that day saying surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God and now behold the Lord has kept me alive others have died around me but lo and behold the Lord has kept me alive as he said he does what he says he will do these 45 years ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness and now here I am this day 85 years old as yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me just as my strength was then so now is my strength for war both for going out and for coming in now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day for you heard in that day how the Anakim were there 
the giants and that the cities were great and fortified it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord has said and Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb the son of that guy as an inheritance Hebron therefore became the, he the inheritance of Caleb the son of that guy I can't pronounce these things guys some of these things some of these things are not English okay they're not even English they're just they're just yeah to this day because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel what excuse are you making for not taking your mountain what excuse or excuses plural are you making for not for not standing in front of your inheritance this mountain this mountain was promised this land was promised to Caleb as his inheritance for himself as well as for his children what job interview are you standing in front of and saying give me my inheritance what promotion are you looking at right now and saying give me my inheritance I'm 85 years old what excuse do you have is it age is it previous disadvantage is it the background that your parents 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 came from what excuse are you making because here's this 85 year old man saying man I'm strong as I was back then I'm just as strong right now I'm ready for war there's giants in this land and there's fortified cities but I don't care give me my mountain give me my inheritance give me what is promised to me what excuse can we offer if God said it's yours it's yours hallelujah Jesus and the Lord will be with me and I will be able to drive those giants out just as the Lord said let God be true and let every other man be a liar if he said he will be with you act accordingly if he promised you that it's yours act accordingly the next do or the next set of do's do take and conquer the mountain do place it under your feet taking dominion over the mountain taking hold of your inheritance even when that inheritance means conquering the giants that occupy your land of your inheritance do have faith that God is with you and that God is bigger stronger wiser and more powerful than your mountain or than the giants that occupy your mountain Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 1 and this applies when you're facing life's mountains do not let your heart be troubled don't become afraid or cowardly believe confidently in God and trust in him have faith hold on to it rely on it keep going relentlessness keep going and believe also in me this is Jesus speaking believe also in me 
So don't let your heart be troubled. Have faith. Believe confidently in God. Believe also in me. Have faith and hold on to what God has promised you. When you're facing life's mountains, whether it's something you need to get over, whether it's something you need to push through, whether it's something you need to conquer and have dominion over, put your confidence in Him. Going through the mountain. This is probably the most difficult one to do. But it's probably the one that we do most of the time. Is to, to actually go through the mountain. So go through the mountain. And actually do go through. And actually do pass right through without being injured. Today we have what is referred to as um, a tunnel boring machine. If you've if you if you like me and you and you sit at home doing not not nothing else other than watching um, documentaries, if you love watching docies, you might have seen this one. So a, a a mountain, a tunnel boring machine, or a TBM, is a huge thing. And essentially, what they do is they use this machine, or this or this drill, which is essentially what it is, to drill through a mountain to drill through a mountain and there was a documentary about the world's longest tunnel which was drilled through the Swiss Alps and in order to drill that tunnel through the Swiss Alps it literally took 14 years to complete 14 years to complete Daniel chapter 3 and verse 20 and he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So even the men who threw them into the, into the fiery furnace, even they were killed. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the, said to the king, True, O king, Look, he answered, I see four men loose. I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke saying Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego servants of the most high God come out and come here then Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came from the midst of the fire and the satraps, administrators, governors and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power the hair of their head was not singed nor were their garments affected and the smell of fire was not on them. Even if it takes you 14 years 
to go through your mountain. Even if it takes you 14 years to go through that fiery test. First things first, know that God is with you. Know that God is with you. Know that when you're going through what you're going through, trying to drill through to the other end of this mountain, trying to get through this, this fiery test, know that God is right there with you. He's right there in the midst, right there alongside of you. You might have gone inbound, but in Him there's freedom. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And guess what? If you're going through something, then you are blessed and you are highly favored of the Lord. You know what you you know what's important about going through something? The only way that you can possibly be going through something is because you're coming out on the other side. Otherwise, the English is wrong. If I say to someone, if I say to desire, desire, man, I just needed to pray for me because I'm going through something. He ought to say to me, hey, I'm so glad to hear that, man. I'm glad to hear that you're going through it. That means you're coming out on the other side. If I take some sharp object, like a skewer, like, like a pin, and I push it through a piece of fruit, in order for it to go through the fruit, it means you'll see it coming out on the other side. We're going through stuff. We're going through the mountain range. We're going through the fire. But praise the Lord, we're going through. We're going through. We're not stopping in the middle. We're not setting up camp in the middle. We're not making a permanent establish in the, establishment in the middle somewhere. We're going through. And when we've gone through, and when we come out on the other side, and someone comes up to us and goes, but you don't even have the smell of someone who's gone through what you've gone through. We can't even smell the fire on your clothes. Your hair looks as good as it's ever looked. Who's your hairdresser? You don't look like someone who's been through the most. When you go through and you come out on the other side, you're going to come out like pure gold. So please do go through. Go through. It won't be easy. It won't be quick. It'll be a long process. But even through the process, you know, what's, you know what's good about going through a process? Is stuff is developed in us. Our character is developed. We grow. We mature. Literally, the, the, things that, the, the things that we actually don't need, God gets rid of those things. We go through a refining process. And at the end, we come out like pure gold. So please do go through. Go through and come out on the other side. In Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Hallelujah, Jesus. Once again. This message applies to absolutely every single one of us. Because every single one of us are facing multiple mountains in our lives. Multiple mountains. Multiple sets of mountains. There's a reason why we have mountain ranges. 
It's because it's not just one mountain that you go through and then you're done. And then you get to see Jesus. We go through multiple challenges, multiple obstacles. But if we have faith like a mustard seed, we're able to come through. We're able to push aside those obstacles. We're able to conquer. We're able to exercise dominion over those mountains and be able to come through and come out on the other side having gone through the fiery tests of life we're able to come through refined better stronger than we've ever been hallelujah jesus leaning on leaning on the master for support we're able to come through like pure gold and so i'm just going to pray for every single one of us because i believe the, the message applies to us all heavenly father i bring these your people before you this morning in Jesus mighty name Lord as we go through the tests and trials of life as we face the obstacles the rocks uh, the clay the brick the various forms of mountains the the fiery trials and tests that we go through Lord as we face this opposition Lord help us to understand that we're able to move mountains because of a mustard seed like faith we're able to move mountains sometimes lord you'll deliver us instantly like the woman with the issue of blood but other times lord it's going to take a process it's going to take us going through a process and it won't be quick and it won't be easy but you'll always be with us the reason why lord the reason why we can always have faith in you is because you are always with us and so help us Bring that back to our remembrance through your Holy Spirit. Help us to remember in those times and in those moments that you've never left us and you never will. You've never forsaken us and you never will. That you are God and that you are with us. That you love us and that you do absolutely anything for us, including sending your only begotten Son to die on the cross of Calvary for each and every one of us. Thank you, Jesus.